0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Be with us now. Show yourself to us, uh, for we would like to see you. Uh, Behold your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome. Chasing this uh, thread. Um, uh, This class extended a little bit for lots of reasons. One, I kind of got into it, so it's pretty fun. Uh, and also had some gaps in the schedule and so moved moved it elongated it a little bit next week we're not meeting in here I'm gonna be um, with faith and family class downstairs and then we're gonna pick it back up I can't remember I think it's the 17th and 24th if you're interested uh, I think one of those weeks I'm in here and then I'll be in the living room the other and that'll take us up to Advent and we'll we'll do something else so that's kind of what's happening with this class um, but been following John, um, uh, even read them again, uh, some great verses in John, sort of at the beginning, the middle, and the end, the last week, and now we've been very behind, but this is kind of the catch-up week. Um, next time we're gonna look at John 15, which is, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And we'll sort of play with that a little bit, and then we'll, 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 we'll draw this to a close. Because John 20, uh, this is how the series started in my head about a year ago. Uh, last, towards the end of John 20, which is the next-to-last chapter in John, um, John, the author, uh, the apostle, uh, the evangelist, and the author, writes this about what he's done. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So just coming through with that idea that all this was written, this living and active word, which is being poured into our ears, is, is, is written, is spoken, is enacted, as the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us, um, uh, as God wrote himself, as it were, into hair and bone and skin. Um, all this was done so that you may believe, which begs the question now, one of the central questions on the, on the, on the heels of the sermon, how do we do this? Whose work is it, if you want to call it that way? Do I, do I spin up belief? Do I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in the same way that I believe that um, uh, there was a, a Roman emperor named Caesar in the 2nd century? Or in the way that I believe uh, in the accounts of trench warfare in World War I in Europe? I mean, how do, what is this, this belief that John speaks of, and then you start to realize it is not just an ancillary theme, but the theme of his whole book. Um, with John 1, as John the Baptist, who's been our I did do it again. Um, this has kind of been our this, and, and another piece has been kind of became an art class, which is kind of fun. Um, with John the Baptist, the man on the on our right in the red, pointing away from himself with the long bony finger, is a man named Carl Bart called it to the, to the oversized Christ on the cross. Um, this is the Eisenheim altarpiece, as it's called. We're in Latin in the back. Another verse from John, John 3. I must decrease so that he may increase. And so we see the, uh, the magnification or the language that John's from this point forward is going to begin to use, his glorification. Um, uh, all this is tied to we want to see Jesus. Jesus. And when he's magnified when christ is increased when he is glorified that's how he is seen and so here's the punchline of today we would like to see jesus and now he says the hour has come and the son of man must be lifted up uh, and in so doing he will be glorified he will be seen he will be known as god must preach himself as god has to write himself into our hearts how do you believe It is a work of God. All this is done that you would believe. It's not me convincing you in the same way it's like World War II or the second century Roman stories or what I did with my day yesterday. Um, It's not the same thing. It's a whole different category. This sense of being faithed, being salvationed, uh, being given the gift of belief. Uh, All this was done for you. Uh, John the Baptist came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all that all that, that all might believe through him. Or in John six, as people like us confused in a very difficult teaching. Um, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. And they come and say, What must we do to be doing the works of God? You know, it's a good way. It's a nice little exit. So say, this is weird. I don't understand this. So let's get over here in the safe ground. Tell me what to do. What must we be doing to do the works of God? And then Jesus answered him, this is the work of God. So he turns it. He's not saying, like, this is what you need to be doing to be doing the work of God. Jesus says, you want to know what the work of God is? Proper actor. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. Think about that. What's the work of God? That you would believe. That you would believe and that I would believe. It's God's work. And it's here the cross, crossroads of history. Puns are certainly intended in every way, shape, and form. We talk about that here at the cross. We find the work of God being fully accomplished. Tetelestai is going to be the word. And we hear the first echo of that. In fact, today for those that are listening for that sort of thing, um, Tetelestai. It is finished. The last word on the cross um, has the word telos. Some of us know that word. Uh, has to do with finish or end or purpose or goal. What's the goal? What's the purpose? What's the end? Why did Christ come into the world? To die. So that his name would be glorified, so that he would be seen, so that God would preach himself, would write himself onto your heart and mine, so that we would believe, so that we would be salvation, so that we would be faith, so that we would be gospeled. The New Testament also uses that noun as a verb, uses all those as, as those nouns as verbs, just a way to say it again and again and again, so that you would be gospeled, so that you would be given the gift of faith uh, and move from the place that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, so that's where we're going today. Um, I'm going to read John uh, 12, parts of it, um, and then uh, switch gears a little bit to where we've been. From uh, last, I think the last three weeks, probably a good time to do this. How does this start to look like on the ground? Um, what does this feel like on the ground? So I brought the the big book from AA because it's it's some of the best street wisdom that's out there, um, which is a good way to begin to think about this this sense where we're being acted upon um, rather than finding ourselves as the actors or the actees, uh, and then looking at a uh, that's a bridge to the movie Flight, if somebody remembers that. It's like six years ago, something like that, with Denzel Washington, where he's an airline pilot who admits he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then look at all that and kind of see. So that's what we're doing today. Um, questions or thoughts there? That's a long intro, I know. But if, uh, if you're flipping around and you want to turn to John 12, that's where we'll be. Um, any comments or thoughts? Yeah, Carrie? of uh, course, this kind of comes from, you might just, you might just with that first week, John 6, 28, 29. Um, uh, Then, when when What must we, we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. And uh, just stating obvious. That it, it is his work. It is his work. For, those two verses to strike. It's yeah. Just I agree with you. Um, now, step back for a minute. Others would say there's different ways of looking at that um, uh, big fancy word. It's fun to know fancy words, right? Um, uh, it's a monergistic. Mono and ergon are the two words that are shoved here together. Mono, which we know only, solo, uh, and ergon. Like to talked about the back row, You know, ergonomic, where it works correctly, where you know an ergonomic pen fits in your hand correctly so that it works well. Um, that's the Greek word for uh, for work, and so it is the only it is the one work, and not sinner uh, uh, a sinner um, monergism and synergism, uh, where it's it's a it's a it's a combined work. It's a it's a monergistic work of God. God is the only actor in this salvation event, in being gospeled, in being given faith that we would believe. That's the flip. That's really the whole thing that I'm taking 10 weeks to say um, on purpose. Repetition is really, 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 really important because it's really the only time, that, except for maybe AA and a few other things, love is one of these things. Um, most of the time, we, we do something in order to gain belief, in order to have a cognitive apprehension, because that's how we normally associate things with this idea of belief a cognitive apprehension of facts, of data, or data uh, of a situation so that I, thanks be to God for doing this, but thanks be to me for having the brains, the wherewithal, the ability, the, uh, the good sense, the whatever it is to reach up and grasp what he wants me to know. And I'm saying it's not that. Um, and that's a big deal. There are a lot of people that would disagree with me. I imagine some in this room would say like, I don't buy that whole hog, girl. I think we've got a little bit of part to play. God moves 99 yards. We do the one. Something like that. God helps those who help themselves. Thank you, Ben Franklin. There Our no, normal, natural way is to think otherwise. And I'm saying John is insistent where he keeps speaking that God preaches himself. Yeah, Clay. Well, I was just put in my phone just... This verse, just to see what we think. I think this is one of those where you have a lot of different versions. It's interesting, whatever the new living translation of this verse is, Mm -hmm. is, Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Mm -hmm. Believe in the one he has sent. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is interesting. Yeah. So there's an interpretation that's involved here, and I I, I absolutely grant that. Um, I think. Make a good case for this if you look just within John. If you want to do this sort of thing, biblical theology, where you look just within John, John as a as a as a gospel, as a work of literature, as, a, as its only thing, you're going to have a hard time backing that up. The whole Bible, um, there, there are verses on both sides. Um, yeah, Charles. I was just wondering. Uh, better hurry. Make this arguably unique perspective that John has. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't say John's unique in this. Um, I do think it's a biblical witness to the whole thing. John hits it with a particular force, Um, uh, but it's very Paul. It's very John in the, the letters to John. I think it's also in Revelation, also John. Uh, it's certainly an Isaiah. It's it's a biblical witness. And the synoptics too. Repent and believe. Mark one fifteen. Uh we'll hear this again. Truly, truly I say unto you, verily, verily, behold, this is th- these these is, um, this is all sort of the flag being waved or the lights being flashed to say, This is repentance language. And now again, what is repentance? We we know the definition metanoia in Greek word, et cetera, and so forth. Meta, big, turn, uh, annoying, which is mind. And that's the problem is we think, okay, turn your mind, change your mind to go this way, but change your mind to go this way. And how do we normally associate that? Again, being confronted with data, good sense, et cetera, and so forth. Aha, I see that it's a better outcome to think this rather than that. So therefore, I'll repent don't think that's a biblical way of thinking about things if sin is what we say it is and the human condition is 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 bent in on itself and we can't it's spiritual spina bifida i can't not look at my navel i can't not sort of get up even though i want to i can't not do it a again a again great phrase. we got tons of choice when you're an alcoholic. Um, you can choose gin or beer or bourbon or wine. You just can't choose the one ultimate thing. You can't choose not to drink. AA is a great example of the spiritual bondage that we find ourselves in. So repent um, is to be turned. We're once again in the passive position. Repent, be repented, and be turned. Be repented. And believe, be faithed, repent and believe the one work of God, Christ coming to present himself like this, saying, repent and believe. Be turned. Here's a new heart. Have faith. Salvation. And we look up uh, and say, you know, wonder, love, awe and praise. How would I be so loved? Um Somebody like me, a wretch like me, do you know what I've done? And the Lord's sitting there saying, yes, I know exactly who you are, and I know exactly what I'm doing. You are mine, and I have moved the world for you. That's the biblical idea of repent, believe, that you would believe with faith. So let me move on, because I do want to get to this flight um, piece. Uh, Let's read. Before we do that, I want to ground it in the Scripture. Um, So, John 12, here at the beginning in John 12, 1 through 11, uh, remember Lazarus, who's a good friend of Jesus, has just been um, brought back to life from the dead. After four days in the tomb, he stinketh, uh, read that last week, in crime and punishment, uh, and it's right afterwards, six days, uh, uh, a few days afterwards, um, Mary and Martha... Are the sisters of Lazarus, same one that we hear about, you know, Martha, Martha, you are worried and concerned about many things, and Martha's the doer, but Mary's the beer because she's sitting. Same family, they come up a lot, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Um, Here's John with Mary uh, about to waste expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus. What's unusual about this perfume? Uh, It's burial perfume. This is what you would do, and it's very expensive for someone who died, sort of almost like an embalming, uh, a really expensive perfume, probably from India. That's the Nard, uh, uh, and it's a lot of it. And so, what's in the room? The smell of death. That's really dramatic, but it's really true. This is a burial perfume, and when you crack this open, I mean, it would fill the room, and everybody in the room would immediately have the association of somebody's dead uh, and Jesus is not yet dead. That's the really weird thing. So here we go. Six days before Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave him a dinner for him there. Now maybe perhaps, I'm not convinced of this, but this is a sort of a transition chapter in John. Remember all the way back in John 2, we had a party, a gathering of a lot of people where there was food and wine and celebration. A wedding at Cana of Galilee. And here we are at John 12. Uh, right after this passage comes Palm Sunday. So we're a week before. Uh, this is the week of death. This is the week before Good Friday. The week before Easter. Uh, uh, another gathering. Wine and and food and people. And yet somber. Here was celebration. Here is uh, here's a somber mood. And there might be something there where, where John's contrasting the two. So they gave Jesus, they gave him a dinner uh, for him there. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointments, like a perfume, and made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Mark and Matthew tell this same story. And they even sort of, they, they, they go so far to offer the interpretation, therefore anointing him anointing his body for burial. Um, anointing the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. If you want a visual, um, it's not a particularly arresting piece, but James Tissot um, uh, with Mary uh, wiping Jesus's feet. This is how they would be reclining. Um, as Thomas Cramner once said, total throwaway, don't have time for this. But if we wanted to be biblical literalist in terms of how we would take communion, we'd all be sitting on couches like this, leaning back, Um, Having the food placed in our mouths, because that's how the Last Supper would have been, most likely. Um, But here's Jesus uh, and Mary, and then Judas, who I assume is this one. uh, He's also going to play a significant part in this story. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive perfume made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. That is the shock of hindsight where John, who was uh, one of the apostles who was walking around with Judas, couldn't help but say that. He's the only one that sort of throws that in there. And this is a picture of Judas Um, sort of taken from uh, uh, Da Vinci's Last Supper and kind of expanded. And it just puts a human face on it. As I was looking around on Friday or yesterday, I can't remember what, I saw this and I was like, that's um, that's the most human I think I've seen Judas. And it just kind of puts it down there. It's like, dang, that's me. I mean, it's just, I got no stones in my hand. Um, uh, And Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Um, uh, I don't speak Greek, but here I have an unreliable authority. It's a difficult construct, and another way of putting that might be just as, maybe more effective. Leave her alone, uh, so that she may keep the day of my burial. And this is a living man telling everybody to stop. Let her do what she's doing, so that she may properly keep. We still use that language, you know, keeping the tradition of of, uh, of awake or something else like that. Let her keep the day of my burial. And everybody's response is like, but you're still alive. <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's that contrast. Because then it goes to, let's skip, skip over a little bit, to verse 20. Now among them, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. They could have been Jewish Greeks or, uh, uh, or Gentile Greeks. We don't know. It doesn't really matter. And so these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. A very reasonable statement. Well, here's going to be the thunder. You know, Jesus just said, Leave her alone. Let her keep the day of my burial. But you're still alive. And Jesus is finally about to let the cat out of the bag. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come. That's been a strong theme in John. We've been chasing that. But it's been the hour is coming and is now here or it's just the hour is coming. But now he's finally saying the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified language. The the hour has come for the son of man to be seen. The hour has come for me to disclose myself, for me to preach myself, for God to preach himself through me, for God's work to be done. Truly, truly, I say to you... Remember, that's the bells and the whistles when we're reading the Scripture from Genesis through Revelation. We read that. Verily, verily, amen, amen is what it says. Literally, uh, truly, truly, or behold. Anything like that. This is repentance language where it's as if He takes us and He turns. and Oh, now I see. You know, a new pair of glasses. Finally, I have the eyes to see and the ears to hear things as they actually are. This is the Scripture's alarm for us. Truly, truly, I say to you... Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In other words, it is seen, preached, revealed, recognized. You have a seed, uh, a grain of wheat, a seed, a corn kernel, whatever else. And you keep it on the counter or in a jar and you leave it there and it stays alone. But if it's buried, tomb, burial, six feet under... Um, what's the next? No, I didn't do that one. Um, yeah, over here. Um, if it goes into the ground and dies, uh, then it will bear much fruit. So it's the death-to-life paradigm that he's beginning to put out here. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Um, hate life in the sense of getting the end of, uh, of what Denzel Washington's about to say. It's a great line. I finally came to the end of my long line of lies. I finally said, "Like I can't do that anymore." Um, what AA would call unmanageability. When I'm managing my life, when I'm in charge of my life, it doesn't go well, and I, I hate it. I'm, I'm done with my. I'm done being in charge of my life. That's what he means by this this very strong word. Whoever hates his life in this world, whoever says, "I'm done being in charge." We'll keep it for eternal life. Uh, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. What then shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose. There's that word, telos, for, for this end, for this reason, for this purpose, for this hour, for this event, for this work, to telestai. Same, it's the root of of, uh, of this purpose is now it is finished this purpose is accomplished this is complete that's going to be the last word of the cross from john but for this purpose i have come to this hour father glorify your name father show everybody who you are uh, and he goes on and says um, the voice came from heaven god is speaking here i have glorified it and i will glorify it again Now is the judgment on this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. So, um, let's find a bridge. Um, So here, sir, we wish to see Jesus. And it's as if John the Baptist is now doing double duty. Uh, uh, He's dead by now, but let's just play. Uh, And Philip and Andrew and John the Baptist are all pointing away from themselves, pointing to cross. You want to see... Jesus, here he is, Jesus Christ and him crucified. God preached, God disclosed, God glorifying himself, God revealing himself, God preaching himself, God gospeling you and me and writing himself on our hearts. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, or known, or seen, or heard, or beheld. Repentance. Verily, verily, I say, Amen, Amen. The hour has come. It is now here. Uh, Paul said the same thing, Galatians 2:20. 20. Um, I think I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live is like, wait a minute. I thought the I is dead, and he is. I have been crucified, so the I is dead. I have been crucified with Christ. Um, the life I now live, so I'm still living, I no longer live. Now we're talking manageability, we're talking charge. I hate that life. I've been turned, I've been given, gift, faith, salvation, gospel, a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. Something significant has happened. Here's the way the big book puts it. And Then we'll look at Denzel Washington. Why? It's, it's a good enough movie, but just as a way, we'll be thinking about that this week, to begin to, to describe this. Because next week's the vine and the branches. And in the vine, the vine connected to the branch, we have abundant life. Apart from it, we die. Apart from it, we can do nothing. We have no work. The work of God is to keep us uh, connected to the vine. Um, finding different ways to describe that. AA gets it in spades. Um, one part of the big book towards the uh, chapter 5. It says, In this book you will read again and again, That faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. So think turned. Um, We hope that you are convinced now that God can remove, that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off of him because you realize that you can't do that yourself. Whatever spina bifida we all suffer, this isn't something that I can do. Still, no heart surgeon has ever performed heart surgery on him or herself. That is something that we have to have. Another. Uh, Convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision in an inventory of your grosser handicaps, that's AA language, then you have made a good beginning that being so you have swallowed and digested. A little bit of Cramner there. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digested. Some big chunks of truth about yourself. I never thought about that. That might be true because that was an Episcopal (coughs) priest, Sam Shoemaker, that wrote that. Um, uh, So, with all that, this idea that that God is doing the work, um, that we come to the end of ourselves. Uh, as somebody else said the only thing we bring to the table in this in this salvation experience, where the gospel is the delivering word, is our sin. Um, uh, Denzel Washington is an airline pilot. This movie, Flight, but several of us have seen it. Um, I can't remember the specifics of the movie. I did see it when it came out, and just found this clip. Um, uh, he was flying drunk. And he actually, the plane broke, and it wasn't his fault. And he did a really radical maneuver. Uh, some people died, but he saved most lives. So he was like this hero for doing an amazing job saving everybody. But as the investigation went on, they found a couple of bottles of vodka in the, um, in the trash can. And they shouldn't have been there because beverage service was suspended. And so they're trying to figure out who did it. Well, one of the flight attendants with whom he's having an affair uh, is he's right there where he can just say one more lie and say, yep, it must have been her. Uh, And she has no way to defend herself because she's dead. And he's there in an FAA inquiry. Uh, It's very dramatic, but it's really good. Uh, And he can't do it. He can't lie. And so we're going to lead up to this and then have a, a piece where he's in prison. If I can make this tiny little arrow, you see that? That's really small. Um, <laughs> come out. Um. Is it your opinion that Catarina Marquez <laughs> drank on that one? Marquez drank on that flight. I'm sorry, my wife. Your opinion, Captain. Since her toxicology report is the only toxicology report that is admissible in this hearing, and she in fact tested positive for alcohol, is it your opinion that Katerina Marquez? drank those two bottles of vodka on the plane. <sighs> I'm sorry, Mr. Whitaker. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I said, God help me. Yes, well, however, <laughs> is it your which opinion? It's my opinion. did not. Excuse me, Mr. Whitaker? He saved the boy's life. That's, Could you speak louder? Captain Trina Whitepin? Marquez did not drink the bottle. Because I drank the bottle. Objection! Oh. Please be seated, sir. Sir. Oh. I drank the vodka oh. bottle. Please be seated, sir. This is not the courtroom. Well object anyway (laughs) (laughs) I drank the box of bottles on the plane. Captain Whitaker, on the three nights before the accident, October eleventh. October eleventh, October twelfth, and thirteenth and fourteenth, I was intoxicated. I drank all of those days. I drank in excess. On the morning of the accident. I was drunk. I'm drunk now. I'm drunk right now. I miss Black because I'm found a So there's another scene afterwards where he's about a year later in prison um, and he's got sobriety, which is repentance, by the way. Um, To be sober is to see things as they actually are, to be tied to truth, reality, true truth, real reality, actual actuality. Uh, Behold, eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, And that's where he has that great line. It's like I came to the end of the quotient. or my allotment for lies, and I couldn't tell another lie. And he says, I know this sounds stupid coming from a man who's in prison, but now I'm finally free. And that's very dramatic and what you'd expect out of a movie, but there's something very biblical about all that. What's the scene? And then we'll wrap up. We wish to see Jesus. You know, here's a man trapped in sin, um, bent in on himself like each one of us are. The mechanism for that just happens to be alcohol for the actor, for, 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 the, for the character. Uh, uh, I want to see Jesus. And he beholds Christ on the cross, repenting him, restoring him to sanity, to reality, to the way things actually are. So he's being turned. And he says, I can't do what I've been doing my whole life. You know, I, I can't. The New Testament language and John's language is—I have to hate that now. I can't not not hate that. Um, and so now I don't know what it's going to look like, but that's the only direction I can go. And he begins his life of sobriety from that point forward. And that's what this looks like in real time—something like this, where when we want to see Jesus and we behold Christ on the cross and are overwhelmed. By that demonstration of love. For Christ demonstrates his love for us in this. That while we were yet sinners, I'm drunk. I'm drunk right now. Um, Christ died for us. And that doesn't leave us where we are. And it's different. And so that's what we're going to look at next week as we go to John 15. Any thoughts or comments? Yeah, Tommy. What you were saying earlier about bringing... um and I think as Christians, we are, can be guilty in the sense that uh, we think that we have had a mental ascent to where we think, okay, we, uh, in whatever intellectual way, come to know ourselves as sinners. And um, even just elemental things, just like knowing that the Holy Spirit is who convicts of sin, mm-hmm. by definition, mm-hmm. when we realize that we're sinners, there was already there's prevenient grace there a step before yep yep that um so i think you know sometimes we thought oh okay I'll, good for me i realized that I, I came to the point where i'm a sinner when really it was the word did the work yeah steps before i've been happy and, yeah well put so well put it was already there and at the moment i should like to grant this because uh, it's my privilege sometimes it's often as a youth minister, but even you know, in my last many years, to, to pray the prayer, so to speak. Um, because in real time, it feels like you're deciding, or I'm deciding for Jesus. It's in hindsight, with clarity. Behold, <laughs> he's been after you all this time. The hound of heaven has been pursuing, or Aslan has been calling you all this time. It's how C.S. Lewis put it, I think, in Prince Caspian. I can't remember which. We realize that you know it, 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 it wasn't me this whole time um but in real time there's an apprehension of i once was but i now am um denzel you say like i I've, I've decided to be sober and in hindsight most alcoholics would say like i didn't do a thing you know uh, uh i was brought to a place where i realized that my life was was insanity mm-hmm. well let me pray um father correct me where i'm wrong and strengthen your word uh that you would have spoken to us as you salvation us and gospel us and faith us and do your work on us that we would believe we pray this in jesus name amen you've been listening to audio from the cathedral church of the advent if you live in birmingham or find yourself visiting we hope you will join us at one of our sunday services find out more at adventbirmingham.org.